0: It's your boy, Snowbike Mike, taking over for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Today is Friday, December 13th, 2019, and I am locked in in the studio with the former informer, the smartest guy in video (laughs) games, and the birthday man himself. Emron Khan,
1: how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. How about you, Mike?
0: I'm wonderful, man. Happy birthday. It's great to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited as can be. We watched the Game Awards last night. We did. And we're going to talk about that. That's going to be the main topic of the show. So I want to kind of touch on something while we're warming up. It's, of course, your birthday. Do you have a big <laughs> gaming related memory for your birthday?
1: Oh, geez. I, I would have thought about that if I came in or when I came in. Uh, hmm. I remember, like, very specifically, getting like video games because that was the time like you'd get a fifty dollars game every year as a kid. Oh jeez, I'm trying to remember specific. One. I remember getting Mega Man X like when I was maybe eight or nine. I remember my dad coming in and he was like filming the birthday party because I was opening my presents already. And I was first thing I did is open Mega Man X, go put it in the SNES, and start playing that. I was like, Dad, film the game, don't film me. <laughs> and I think like. Oh, when I was eight, I invented Let's Plays then.
0: <laughs> He's the first game capture guy right um, apparently there. Apparently, I'm right. the first shoutcaster. Oh, I love it. Yeah. One of my favorite birthday memories thinking about games is actually last year, the year before, I bought the Xbox SAT Edition for my birthday because it released on May 7th. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I had to do it. I didn't need another <laughs> Xbox, but I mean, come on. How many times do you have a generation Xbox drop? On no, your
1: Sometimes Xbox? you got to be like, I'm just going to buy a birthday present for myself. Like, fuck it. <laughs>
0: Well, we're talking about birthdays, and of course, today we are talking about the 2019 Game Awards and giving you the kind of funny roundup with all the winners, announcements, and the reveal of the next generation of Xbox consoles. Also, Wolf Among Us 2 and a Fast and Furious video game? (laughs) All that is gonna be going down because today this is kind of funny games daily, each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games, where you can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything else under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games every weekday at ten AM Pacific time. If you're watching live, you have a special job to do. Go to kind of you're wrong to tell us what we screw up when we screw it up to help keep the record straight for everyone watching later on youtube.com slash kinda funny games, rooster teeth, and podcast services around the globe. Some housekeeping news for you. Kinda DC is doing a best friend meetup tomorrow, December 14th at 5 p.m. in Georgetown. Details on twitter.com slash KindaFunnyDC. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Muhammad. Muhammad. Today, we are brought to you by Manscaped, Brooklyn, and Quip, but I'll tell you about them later. Let's start the show with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news! Today, we have one giant story on the Roper Report.
1: Biggest!
0: (laughs) We're going to kick off the Roper Report with 2019's Game Awards' biggest reveal, Mm -hmm. that is the brand new Xbox console coming out. All this is going to be from IGN.com by Jonathan Dornbush. Yeah. Xbox
1: Series X and Hellblade 2 announced yesterday. Yeah. Whoa. Incredible. Like, nobody saw that coming. I didn't even hear an inkling about any of that. You know, it's funny. I'm not, like you said, nobody saw that coming. It was weird. Just a couple of days
0: beforehand, right, we started talking about the name of the Xbox with Phil Spencer of, like, what it means. And that mm-hmm. was the only, like... Oh, here's a little tidbit, but we didn't know it was going to be revealed at all.
1: Yeah, no. I I guess now it makes sense that why he would be out there saying those things, <laughs> why that story came out this week, because they knew they were going to say, yeah, it's the Series X. I kind of wonder a little bit if that Kotaku story as well, saying, like, there's going to be multiple Xboxes and stuff like that, like, maybe that was timed a little bit, or maybe it was leaked to Jason Fryer this week with the intention, because then that makes the name make so much sense. Yes, Of like, oh, well, this is the Series X, this is the big one, then it's probably going to be a Series S or whatever they call it, which is like the lesser powerful one.
0: I- I'm really interested to talk to you about what the name and conventions will be. Let's mm-hmm. jump in really quick, give you the quick roundup of the Xbox Series X coming from Matthew, Ka- Matthew Cato at Game Informer quote, the Xbox Series X has four times the processing power of the Xbox One X and uses a custom AMD processor with the latest Zen 2 and next generation RDN architecture, end quote. The system does 4K and 60 frames per second, of course, but is capable of doing 8K and 120 frames per second, Fran, you can call us up, you PC nerd. (laughs) Microsoft says that devs will also be able to take advantage of the Series X GPU with variable rate shadowing, VRS. There's going to be a lot of acronyms, so stick with me, everybody out there. Piling on more acronyms, Microsoft is also giving the Xbox Series X variable refresh rates, VRR, and auto low latency mode, ALLM, both currently in the Xbox One. From a physical perspective, the system can be oriented horizontally or vertically, neither of which to interfere with the system's cooling vent at the top. As for the controller, it has been reshaped slightly in size and shape to be more accommodating to more people, and a dedicated share button has been added right in the middle. The D-pad is new is the new one similar to the one on the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller running with the theme of Series X software backwards compatibility functionality the controller works with Xbox One and Windows PC 10 the new controller comes packed with the console whoa, Emron, I am winded from just telling you all of that information (laughs) there's a lot of words there a lot of mumbo jumbo why don't you break it down for me
1: I only understood some of that (laughs) But like, when they say 8K and 120 FPS, they don't mean like in a realistic game scenario it's going to do that. They mean it has support for it. So when 8K TVs start coming down the line, they'll start being able to like, oh, you can actually output an 8K image. Maybe like the achievement wallpaper images are going to be like that. Who knows? Like the OS is probably going to scale up to it or have a native image for that. That would be great because it also means that, yeah, we might be doing console refreshes as well, but... If you own one of the old ones, you're not left in the dust. Mm,
0: Yes, I like that. I like that. I think that's a big one that we've been talking about. It's like the cross-generation, as we always leave these generation cycles of like who's kind of left behind for X amount of years, who comes with it right away, is there going to be still viability on that other console? So that's nice to hear Xbox wants to bridge that gap and keep it going, which is pretty cool.
1: It's also interesting the way they did this, because essentially we have the same amount of information on the Xbox Series X now than we have on the PS5. Because Sony has done it through like two Wired articles, two yes. like very in-depth deep dives. Microsoft did it through like, hey, here's the thing. Here's the controller. Here's all that stuff. And here's the, we're going to give away a, our PR announcement of what's in this box, what it can do, what the hardware is like, what the controller is like, all that stuff. So in one night, they essentially did what, this, what Sony did over like three or four months. And neither of those are wrong. They're both like par- very valid ways to get attention. But I think Microsoft basically just like they didn't have to catch up. They just had to say, like, okay, here's our stuff, too.
0: Here's our stuff. And you guys were talking about it at the Game Awards live reaction last night about, like, Microsoft now owns that narrative, the message coming out of this. And like you said, this was one of the most
1: hype moments from the Game Awards 2019. Yeah, and it actually worked in their favor. Like, not to be too down on the Game Awards, but, like, it being a fairly weak year for that show meant it was great for Microsoft because at the very top of every news site cuz it's a slow news day obviously it's not going to change for most of the day okay. it's going to be here's a picture of the new Xbox here's what the controller looks like i cannot visualize right now what the PS5 is going to look like i know the dev kit i can I like vit- that pizza warmer yeah I, <laughs> there's that <laughs> but like i have a a brand idea in my head now of what the Xbox looks like, and that works out so much better for them.
0: I love that. Well, let's talk about the look and the cosmetics. We got to see it for the first time. It was up vertically, I mm-hmm. said, during the Live Watch Along. I love that. I'm all about that. It's I a think desktop it's, tower. I think it looks fun. It looks like a desktop. So let's talk about the you know the console itself, and then we'll get over to the controller, because I want to touch on that share button. So what do you think about the look being similar to a desktop tower?
1: I think it looked like, with where they're going with that system and the explanation Of, like, where their mentality is, it makes total sense. Of, like, hey, we just want a simple box that plays your games and it's like, it works with Game Pass. It's not a. The idea of we have to create a thing to put your discs in is kind of going by the wayside. Yeah. It's like, we just want to take a box, a rectangle that is your one place to play video games now. And the big vent at the top is them. Still freaking out a little bit about what happened with the 360. <laughs> i mean, like, we need to have these things vented better. And the Xbox One was a giant vent. And Xbox uh, One X was liquid cooled, but that's a little expensive. Mm. So this is a good compromise. And I imagine they might have some liquid cooling solution here as well. But this is a good way of being like, yeah, no matter what way you put this, as long as you don't put it upside down, you're going to be well vented. So you don't need to worry about this thing like it may heat up the room, but it's not going to heat itself to death.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited about that with talking about the vent being up on the top. They have a cool glowing green light that yeah. they have in the photo. I don't know if that's glowing or if it's just I kind of you know, hope not.
1: I'd rather like not l- no more lights on my console. Oh, I
0: like that. Like with the PS4 or the PS4 uh, DualShock controller with the glowing light on the controller. Uh-huh. I love that, right? <laughs> just to add to the ambiance, the scariness <laughs> of my game. But uh, I like that. I'm really excited to see, is it truly quieter, right? Like, we Mm -hmm. always hear they're trying to make the consoles quieter, but every single time, my console sounds like it's going to take off to outer space. You know what I
1: mean, So I had to wear headphones for God of War because, like, (laughs) I just couldn't hear it over the PS4 at some point.
0: (laughs) That seems like my Xbox One lately, my Xbox One X, is making so much noise. I can hear it over the TV, over everything, and it's just so loud. So I'm excited to see what they do with that, and will that top vent be the answer? I don't know. Right. But I want to talk about the controller now, that share button. I'm a big Xbox guy I play everything on Xbox and I love the share functionality but I hate dashboarding Mm -hmm. pressing X and or Y to record it like pauses the game halfway through so like what are your thoughts on that, adding that button to the code? That's great,
1: because, like, especially after I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order on Xbox, like, I want to, like, do a thing, but I don't want to, you know, constantly go in there, like, okay, did I, like, last 30 seconds, was that like kind of 30 seconds it took me to get to this part of the menu, or no? Like, what is it recording here? This is much easier, and Sony got it right with the PS4 of, like, just put a fucking button, switch to the same thing. Uh, Microsoft was trying to catch up in that regard, because mm-hmm. they're like, we, well, we have the spec tech, our, functionality technically, but we can't, like, we don't have a button, we didn't design it for the yes. console, so I guess we can kind of do it through a firmware, like, they they knew they messed up there, but this is just them fixing it, and it's, otherwise, it's pretty much the Xbox One controller just improved D-pad, and they're keeping the, like, vibration and the triggers and all that mm-hmm. stuff, so I think that's their way of, like, yeah, Sony may have haptics, but we have basically a very similar thing, Yeah, yeah, and maybe now that Sony does have haptics, they'll probably use the c- vibration and the triggers much more. But
0: I'm excited about it. My only question is, is I'm down in San Francisco this week and I was going to go buy myself an Xbox Elite version 2 controller mm-hmm. to treat myself for the holidays. I don't believe that that controller has the share button yet. It does not. Which I feel like that's a downgrade, so are they going to come out with a version 3? Are they going to come out with one once this releases with the share button included? And now I have to upgrade my version or maybe reprogram a button? What do you think about that?
1: I would think, what I think they're going to do is probably allow you to reprogram a button on the Xbox Elite controller. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to lose a button, then I imagine they, like, you will have to just upgrade another Xbox Elite controller. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's fine because I don't imagine a lot of people are going to do that. I think there's going to be a lot more improvements in whatever the version 3 is. But yeah, that does suck for people who just bought one and are like, for it, for them, a share button matters.
0: <laughs> it, it matters to me. Yeah. It's right. now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm hesitant on my purchase. Let's talk about the name now. Mm-hmm. Xbox Series X. Right. We got a lot of X's. We got a lot of S's. We got a lot of Xboxes. We got a lot of acronyms. What are your thoughts on the Series X title?
1: It does create a little bit of brand confusion in the same way we and Wii U does. Maybe not to that extent, but I think they're trusting that consumers will know. I don't... We'll see. Because, I, I mean, I've, I've worked at retail, like, as I mentioned before. I've seen people get super confused mm. about very simple things. So what they're going to need to do is go, they're going to need to, like, put out training for retail people. And, like, hey, this is what, like, you need to say to consumers when they, like, come in asking about this thing. I think with – maybe it might not even matter. Because they have already announced that Halo Infinite is coming out on Xbox One, Xbox One X, mm-hmm. Xbox Series X, and whatever other series they – Like in PC and all that too. So to them, the box itself might not be what defines what people buy. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, definitely. Like if you buy Halo Infinite, maybe the idea is it is available on all of those things, no matter what you play. So if you go in there wanting to buy a new console and they say, like, well, I want an Xbox One well, like, here, let me tell you about the differences between all of these things. This is the most powerful one. This is, like, not as powerful, but it's a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. Like, those kinds of things, maybe that works out for them for the first year or two, or maybe that's the entire ecosystem. Maybe that's their entire plan.
0: That's an interesting thought right there. I like that. I also think a big one for him is the cosmetic look. Looks totally different from your Xbox Ones, those kind of looks, being that vertical, kind of that desktop squared moving Mm -hmm. upward. So I think it's going to look a lot different. For me, you know, a single guy, no family. I can walk into any game retail and just buy it, no problem. I don't know how much confusion it will cause. I'm sure it will cause some confusion. But it was like the Nintendo Switch and then the new Nintendo Switch with a red box. You know, I think people figured it out after a while or they just started moving away from that. So it'll be interesting to see what it looks like in retail for sure.
1: Yeah, and honestly, like, it's a, somewhat of a question of how many people buy consoles at a retail store these days. I imagine it's still quite a few, but is it the majority of the audience? Yeah. Like, are they they go to Amazon and read the Amazon page and read the Amazon reviews and then go, okay, well, this one is the newer one, so I'm going to get this. Like, it'll say 20 or 2020 or whatever in there.
0: I like that. And then I want to touch on, so the name here. For me being a big Xbox guy, is this the Anaconda? Is this the Lockhart? Right. We came up past this summer talking about two different consoles, two different specs, the premium and then the lower version. This one just came out with the Xbox Series X. So are we still two different versions. Will we see an an S, an X plus? What will be the naming convention, or are we just gonna launch with one console to start off this generation?
1: That's a good question. If I were Microsoft, I would start the generation with both. Okay. Because yeah. you get, then you get to set, like it may cause a little confusion, but you get to set the tone right there. They've done a pretty good job so far of branding their consoles as Xbox One S is not the most powerful one, but it's a cheaper version. Xbox One X is the more powerful one. So if you want the more power, like better graphics, you buy X. If you want cheaper, you buy S. So... Sh- that makes sense with this name mm-hmm. of if they want to call it series x like you get series s as well and that's like okay this is the same thing theoretically just like i only have a 1080p tv i'm not going to upgrade to 4k okay do uh, like not me personally but yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. if i'm that consumer then the s makes more sense theoretically we'll see what they actually have to say when they do show. like maybe this is what they launch with and then down the line they do another one and it's still It still works out the basic same way, but I think they're going to want the cheaper audience built in early on.
0: I hope they launch with both. I think that will be a really cool sales pitch. I actually get flashbacks and nightmares to a cold winter Thanksgiving evening on... 2003, I believe, when I went out with my mother and purchased an Xbox 360. And if you remember, on that launch, they had the 360 with the hard drive, and then the Xbox Arcade 360 edition, right, with no hard drive. And we were first in line. We got the hard drive edition, but they handed us an Arcade edition with no hard drive. And I cried for weeks because (laughs) I couldn't save my NBA Live save. It was heartbreaking deep down
2: inside. I feel that, Mike. So
0: it will be very interesting (laughs) to see if they launch with both, what they call it. The X and the S acronym Kind of, kind of get me right. Are we gonna move away from those and go with like? I don't want to call it the Xbox L because people will say we're taking losses over here. <laughs> All right. But like Xbox L for lock cards. Or like, what will be the other acronym? Or will they stick with the S and the X?
1: I think probably they'll just stick with S and X for now. If they want to have like, because I the way they set it set it up here is they're allowing themselves to have a, what's the word? iPad style upgrade system. So they could do the Xbox series whatever like put another m or letter on there like the Xbox Series A or maybe it's like make it more like a Porsche kind of like naming scheme yeah. as they go forward they by basically they let it basically gave themselves 26 other options to, or 26 <laughs> options to do this so they can do whatever they could say like Xbox Series 2 if they wanted to it's or just Xbox Series S the new one 2021 mm-hmm. edition 2022 edition it's basically open for them to do whatever they want they they made they have made mistakes where they locked themselves into branding too hard because the Xbox One was a name that did not fit that system when it launched, but it fit it when it re- was revealed. Yeah. So now they're like, okay, well, the brand is Xbox. The brand is Xbox across consoles and across PC because like you you've used a Windows PC recently. Yeah, heck yeah. You've like seen where just like I ga- love it all gaming stuff is just labeled Xbox now. Yep. When you press like home on the control button, it just goes like it says Xbox Media Bar, like they know that branding is not just the box anymore. So they can just do whatever with it now.
0: Makes me excited for the future, for sure. I love that Xbox name. I'm a big Xbox guy. Talking about Xbox, Hellblade 2, Sunua Sac- Saga was announced. Yes. Now, we started off with the Xbox announcement. It was, you know... You, you said it best, the anticipation because it was just a black screen with some glowing lights <laughs> and then we saw racing, we saw Halo Infinite with Master Chief we saw FIFA, and then it moved right into Hellblade 2, and this was an intense trailer right. that we we actually didn't even know what was coming at us what do you think, I mean, Hellblade 1 everybody talked this game up, unfortunately I never played it, but I know mm-hmm. this was a big deal for people what do you think about number 2 coming back?
1: So I haven't played Hellblade 1 either, I should now, and it's on Game Pass, so like I, that was a good call, by the way, putting it on Game Pass Fast right before they announce a new one, but it's. I'm interested in it because Microsoft had to announce this. They made a number of first party acquisitions in the last year, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what since then they've announced a like new Fortnite style game with Obsidian, they announced a multiplayer Melee game with Ninja Theory. Those are fine, those are good ideas, but it does create a narrative with Microsoft that they bought these studios that are well-known for single-player games that are story-based, and they made them make... Or not made them make multiplayer (laughs) games, but the first games they're making are multiplayer games as a service. So it creates a narrative with them of, like, did Microsoft buy these studios that have made such amazing stories and just put them on, like, games as a service? Yeah. So they had to go, like, no, no, here's a new Hellblade as well. They're still doing what what they're good at. It's just these happen to be projects they were also working on before. Exactly. So, like for them to sort of relaunch their first-party initiative with, like, Halo and Hellblade and all that stuff, they're going, no, we know the problem. We know what happened this generation. It didn't work out great, but we're trying to right the ship, and here's our example of why. It's also especially... This is a very pointed game announcement because Hellblade was, at one point, a PS4 exclusive. It was. It was. So this is them saying, hey, we got that game that was for... At one point, part of a Sony game reel of, like, them showing off their exclusives. We have a sequel to it. It belongs to us.
0: That's some exciting movements right there. Well, let's talk about the PlayStation side. Ghost of Tsushima got a big-time reveal there. Mm -hmm. We saw a very small tidbit at State of Play. We were teased. We said, give us more. And they gave us a little bit more. Now, you and I talked here on the table during the live react That wasn't much, right? We didn't see too much gameplay to lead to what is this game truly going to look like? What is it going to play like? We saw some great scenes, some great animations, so a little bit of action, but still leads me to say, what am I going to get here? Is this going to be a Dark Souls-type game, or is this going to be more of like a hack-and-slash, quick-action game? I just don't know yet.
1: Yeah, like, we saw a bit of stealth. I did, like, you could see the infamous DNA in the gameplay part of the trailer. So, like, there was a part where he, like, tossed a... I guess, some sort of grenade-type yes. thing at another enemy, and it blew up and, like, took another couple of enemies with him. It's like, oh, that's the shot grenade from Infamous. Like, so, I understand where they're going with this. I, It's going to probably be that idea, but, like, mel- like it's bringing Infamous down to a more grounded place, but you're still a fucking ninja. Or samurai <laughs> slash ninja, I guess. So, you... Like, it's more fantastical. There's, like, vibes of Tenshu. There's bits of Sekiro in there, even though I'm sure it's not actually, like, influenced by Sekiro mm-hmm. at all. But this is... It's an interesting look at the game. I want to get my hands on it now. Now that I've seen what it looks like, I'm, like... I, I look at Last of Us 2, and I'm like, I know how that plays. Like, there's going to be additions and changes, and I'm sure it's more refined, but I know how that plays. Yeah. I This, I can see the infamous DNA, but I'm like, I want to, like move the character around and slash a little bit and see, like, do they block the slashes? Or is this mostly stealth? Am I going to be in trouble if I aggro more than two or three enemies at once? yeah, yeah. Like, those are the things I need to know. Because, like, that that is kind of, like, draws the line between is this Soulsian, is this infamous? Are they, like, trying to make an open-world Japan game in the vein they've made other games, or are they trying to do something a little bit harder and more grounded?
0: yeah. Well, it looks really great, right? We saw the open-world traversal of him riding on a horse, climbing up on ledges. We saw some Assassin's Creed stealth kills. So I'm pretty excited about this. The first first trailer, way back at E3, I think, a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. I was excited about it. I thought this looked cool. That last little teaser that we got at State of Play, I was like, no, no, that's not enough. I need way more. And this got me excited. I still need more gameplay I'd like to see, just so I know what I'm getting sold on, but To go over on that PlayStation 4 side to have that special Sony exclusive, it looks right up that alley and gets me excited to turn on my PlayStation 4.
1: Yeah, I bet as Last of Us 2 marketing starts winding down or that game comes out, we're going to get a huge Ghost of Tsushima blowout. So summer sounds about right. They've released Last of Us during the – I think it was the week of E3 or the week before E3 or Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. But they don't shy away from releasing games in June. So, we like, June, July, August, all possible months for this, I think they're probably going to aim June, July.
0: Okay, you're going to think uh, June, July, because we got Last of Us Part 2 is late May, I believe. Yeah. Let's get Baird involved. Baird, what do you think for what we're going to see here with Ghost of Tsushima. It's summer 2020. What are some of your thoughts on that? Where are we
2: landing? Uh, I I made the very specific uh, prediction for late July, early August, Uh, and I I, I still stick to that. I I marked my own prediction as wrong, though, because I was a little (laughs) too specific. But uh, that summer announcement, I think we're going to see it around that.
0: I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I actually think a little more space between The Last of Us and this would be yeah. good. Yeah. Maybe that little bit later summer. Last of because <clears>
2: The <throat> Last of Us is May, uh, May. Yeah, May 29th. I think it's like really at the end of May, I believe. And because it's a single-player experience, like there, there's going to be a lot of conversation around it for that first month, but then after, that'll kind of die down, and then you give some breathing room, and I think that'll be the per- perfect time for uh, Ghost to drop. Definitely. Be a hot drop for sure. Let's talk about another...
0: Big-time reveal here. This one kind of came out of left field for people, tweeting you on Twitter, asking you, hey, what is happening over here at Telltale Games? Mm -hmm. The Wolf Among Us 2 had a nice reveal trailer there. It's coming back. Right. And people asked you. I saw it on Twitter. They said, Emron, what the heck? I thought Telltale was dissolved. Where did this come from? I know you got some knowledge on that that you want to tell everybody about. So –
1: Recently, I mean, Telltale it was one of the bigger stories of the last two years. That Telltale like dissolved. They got rid of all their IPs, or not got rid of, but like their IPs went with them basically, except for The Walking Dead. When a company called LLC was it LLC? I knew- L- LCG. LCG, Sorry, picked like picked up the Telltale name, picked up all their IPs, renamed themselves Telltale. Everyone was like, "This is not Telltale. This is just a company like masquerading in their clothes." Mm-hmm. They have. So when The Wolf Among Us 2 was announced, the, the game had already been announced by Telltale at one point. It was, we'd never seen anything of it. We've only seen a logo. So theoretically there had been some work on it, but it was like after some other things they were working on. When this was announced, everyone was like, no, te- like, they can't cuz like where are those employees working anymore apparently according to Colin Campbell at Polygon they are working on a company are working at a company called Ad Hoc Studio who is actually most of the wolf among us team and they are working on this game the current telltale or LC, lcg sorry brought like has contracted them to make this game which is the way it should work it should be they're like getting the employees who used to make these games the former telltale people and saying okay you were working on this project finish working on this because we think this will make us money like obviously i would love it if they hired all these people back for full-time health benefits and all that jazz yeah. but whatever they have a new studio that's great i'm very excited because wolf among us is one of the best telltale games
0: definitely one of the highly regarded telltale games for sure now i want to ask you the question pose the question I mean, let's go off. I know the name is going to sell some people, but how do we sell it to the general audience, right? Like people know Telltale for kind of the older engine, a lot of chugging, some Mm -hmm. great storytelling, some awesome IPs that they had, but the engine was so old. That's what everybody talked about each and every time. What does Telltale need to do with Wolf Among Us 2 to maybe change that narrative and say, hey, come out and buy this game, not just off the name alone?
1: So when LCG first bought the Telltale name, they one of the first things they said is, we're going to modernize certain things because the engine is one of the things that held Telltale back. Because it made it harder for them to develop games, made the crunch worse as they had to get things out month by month. I think they are in the position now where they could just say, "Okay, you guys are free from whatever you did before. You are not beholden to that previous thing. You've got a couple of, you've got a while to make this game cuz no one expects it coming soon." Work on Unity. Like make an Unreal Engine game, whatever, whatever works for you. Do that and make that, en- like make this game sing with that proper engine. So I think this company, one of the reasons Telltale did stick that engine is one of the heads of Telltale w- made that engine. Oh wow! Okay. So they he just like we don't have time to like figure something out new. I made this. I know how it works. We're good. That held them back as they had to keep like plastering things onto that thing, and then at a certain point, because the way that company was structured, they had to constantly always be making something. They did not have time to learn or make something new. Yeah. So they were stuck with that. This gives them that clean break and that opportunity to go, all right, we have existing engines. Just use one of those. See what works best.
0: Definitely. It'll be really exciting to see. I think Wolf Among Us 2 will be exciting. The name will definitely carry some weight. They, man, they've had some great stories in the past from Walking Dead to Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones I actually enjoyed as well, so I'm really excited. I hope that this does really well. They make another one or make something different because I love the storytelling from Telltale. It was a lot of fun to play those games back yeah. in the day.
1: I'm actually really hoping now that like maybe they revive Border- Tales from the Borderlands because that is the best Telltale yeah.
0: game. Oh, I love that. I like that. Well, let's talk about one of the craziest announcements. It might not have been the hypest announcement, but Tim Gettys over here in this g- seat was freaking out last night. We had to night. move our water just we, in case. I had to grab my water bottle just so it didn't spill on your laptop. But we did see Dominic Toretto himself, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Vin Diesel, come out just absolutely yoked. And him and Michelle Rodriguez, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Michelle Rodriguez and him announced a Fast and the Furious entry. But it's not a movie. It's a video game. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Fast and the Furious Crossroads? One
1: okay, so I have a couple of like there's <laughs> layered thoughts here. That one, it's it's baffling to me. This is like the first real Fast and the Furious game. How are we nine entries into this movie or this movie series that is astoundingly popular, considered one of the best action s- series movie like m- movie series ever. Yeah. And yet we've never had like a really good game about a very like video gamey premise like it's shocking that it took this long
0: that's an interesting insight like you said right we've only seen like small like dlc add-on packs of like here's a car in a certain racing game but we've never seen that like gta style or just that linear storytelling of like half driving half running around shooting guns with dominic Toretto. we've never seen that so it'll be exciting like you said We've seen a lot of bad movie games, a lot of good movie games. Why is Fast and the Furious have never entered the fray? And why now, though?
1: Yeah. Now is the really confusing part. <laughs> like, when I first so like when I first showed the trailer, I'm like, oh, this looks like a Telltale game. I wonder if you're do-, Like, oh, this is a lot of stuff for a Telltale game. Then it, like, showed the logos at Slightly Mad Studios. I'm like, okay. So I guess this isn't a Telltale game. <laughs> why does this look like a Telltale oh. game? <laughs> and this is not... I don't want to prejudge the game. Mm-hmm. I'm... Sh- with that studio develop or that developer they worked on project cars, they can make good games. This just they're probably not used to like making like triple A character models or whatever of humans. So maybe it just doesn't look great because of that. Maybe it'll like maybe it's just early and it'll start like polishing up over time. But yeah, that looks like a three sixty game in a lot of ways. I think somebody can you're wrong me. I believe that date was summer
0: twenty twenty. Was it? So somebody can, you're wrong me on that one, but I think they actually gave a date of summer 2020. Somebody can check that. What I'm looking for, Emron Khan, is, you know, I don't know what the mix will be, but I can say one thing. If you're driving, it better allow me to use the driving wheel. Yes. A big big thing I had with Need for Speed Heat that just came out is they didn't release the game with driving wheel functionality. It was going to be added on later on. If we're talking Fast and the Furious, I better be able to grab my driving wheel and pedals and have some fun. Mm-hmm. But what would be that mix? Like, will I have to just stop using the wheel and move over to play with my controller? What <laughs> is that going to look like? I don't know. Maybe they won't even use the driving wheel. I've
1: seen driving wheels that have, like, a controller, like, inset that, like, you could just <laughs> switch that way. Okay, that would be wild. Maybe, but, like, who knows? Who knows how that's going to work? I'm going to be, like, so the trailer itself looked like a, like, best of Fast mm-hmm. and Furious. Yes. Of, like, really
2: May 2020 for the uh, the release.
1: Fucking okay, that's not early then. <laughs> that's yeah. why I
2: had the problem with. It. I
0: was like, man, is this game going to get pushed? Is they are they really sticking to it? Because like you said, it looks early. It
1: doesn't look great, yeah. but we're
0: just five months away. Less than five months.
1: here. Yeah, they're in a polishing phase by this point. <laughs> but like, yikes! Hopefully that. Hopefully it looks better. Hopefully it plays better than it looks. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Well, let's move on to a game that looked really good. Really quick.
2: I just want to throw this out there of, like, one of the layered kind of thoughts I (laughs) I had for last night. This was the last thing they announced? That was what you chose? Yeah. What the fuck? I know we talked a little bit about how we think Half-Life Alex might have been the last thing that uh, was supposed to be at the show, and because of their dropout last minute, that's what caused the show to be like, all right, bye. Um, But, yeah, wild, wild decision.
1: Speaking of dropouts, do you remember that they teased Sonic was going to be there?
2: Did they tease that? Oh yeah, yeah
1: they did. Uh, huh. I'm I am assuming what happened is that they. Like the night before the Game Awards, the studio that did the whole revamp of Sonic, the the movie Sonic. Okay, okay. Like yeah. they, they ended up closing down. down. Like yep. the the company closed them down and fired everybody, like laid off everybody okay. from their Vancouver studio. Super fucked up. I imagine that they saw that like this would be this is gonna be bad news mm-hmm. if we get Ben yeah, Schwartz out here. We don't mix that. Yeah. 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 So that's what. Hopefully, that's you know they knew better and they decided okay. not to do it.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well. Man, let's take a quick moment really fast. Since Mm -hmm. we're getting kind of deep, we're talking a lot of the announcements. Let's just talk about the Game Awards themselves, right? We just talked about the beginning and the end, right? Started off big time with the Xbox Series X reveal. People were hyped. We had some great announcements from the pre-show to the start. Kind of died down there in the middle. A lot of ads. Great show overall. But the ending right there with Dom and, you know... Michelle Rodriguez ending that, what were your thoughts on the game of show itself, the award show?
1: I thought it was fine. In any other year, it would have been like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty good show. I think after last year with the bangers that had, I was like, okay, well, this, this is not as good as last year. And that's fair. It's fair that it's not as good as last year because the generation is winding down. Nintendo just didn't feel like doing whatever they wanted to do here for whatever reason. So it's like it's a perfectly serviceable show that I thought was Okay. In context of the years of this, like, I'm expecting next year to be better. I'm expecting, like, the years after that will be better. It's just in the context, I'm like, I was, I came away disappointed. Okay. Interesting look on that, and I, I know you're
0: saying disappointed, meeting the reveals and the announcements, right? Like, right. when we look back on it, the years that Jeff Keeley and his team have grown this show, from Spike TV to being off on their own, and now, like, there's no more shit Hydro Bot anymore. Like, yeah. it yes. is a beautiful, well-produced award show that we all love watching, celebrating those, but we've come so fascinated on the announcements and reveals. It's, you know, I wouldn't say it's disheartening almost to be like, people are like, oh, I judge it off of this, you know, but it's like, well, truly he had some great presenters. Mm-hmm. He had some fun moments. People were smiling. They brought green day up for a concert. Like every year he continues to push the envelope of how great the award ceremony itself is.
1: You, Yes, I agree with you, but I think there are aspects of that that he's definitely, I, I don't think he's as married to the awards part, as a, or, or he just doesn't think it's entertaining. Okay. Because like, there's some legitimately good awards in the pre-show that are just like, here's a list, I'm reading the list, here's the name. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, like that couldn't have been it's something that's read on stage, that couldn't have been something that like we get an acceptance speech for, or anything like that. Like, the best actor one was also one that was strange, because they didn't make a big deal about it. It's like, oh, Mads Mikkelsen won. It's like, well, Mads not here. Yeah. Kojima's not gonna accept the award, no one Roman Reed's wouldn't accept it on his behalf, like they couldn't do this on the stage, or Jeff Keighley couldn't present that, or anything like that. Like, it's it's very strange that sometimes they emphasize the awards and sometimes they don't. This year they had Reggie giving a very nice speech about how everyone was at one point an independent developer, and he's correct. And Reggie is no longer a representative of Nintendo, so obviously he's not gonna announce something there. But at the same time, it's like Oh, you have Reggie lending Gravitas to the Subway Eat Fresh Indie Game Awards. And then you have people coming in there, like the Disco Elysium team, saying, like, they had won four awards. We saw two of them. They were the most awarded game-slash-developer at that show. Mm -hmm. But, like, we only found out about two of those awards because they said, also, they won this.
0: Yes. Do you think in the future we might see one day – I saw somebody out there on Twitter when Jeff put out the, hey, what did you think? What were some of your insights? What we could do better? And somebody wrote, hey, have you ever thought of, like, just splitting it up into two, right? Like, maybe doing an announcement in the morning, get everybody hyped, the press can write up all the release stuff, and then at the night just do a award show and keep it, you know – easy and simple. Do you ever think we'll see something like that or will it always be this mix of both where we'll either get one end just banging and everything's great and one end kind of neglected?
1: I think it's always going to be like a mixture because he you can't get the people there on like unless you're, like, it's an award show, unless there's some, like, credibility towards, like, mm-hmm. being there. Because, like, Doug Bowser's not going to show up and sit in front of the audience for a commercial. Like, yeah. He's going to be there f- when, like, Nintendo's getting awards for things. I think that's it's just gonna have to be the way it is because like the economics of it is Mm -hmm. just doesn't work out. The only way I can see fixing it, and this is not a fix necessarily because it's also a complaint, is making the show longer.
0: Okay, that was three and a half hours including. That was three three and a half hours, but it
1: has been like four and a half hours long. Wow! Like there was a, I remember there was a year that like until dawn was shown, and every joke on Twitter was like, yeah, until dawn describes the game awards (laughs) because it was going on that long.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay, well, it'll be really interesting to see if they ever move to like a DICE format where it's really more just about the awards and that's yeah. it, or if it will continue to be, like you said, the presentation, the announcements. I think that's what gets everybody excited. That's why they're bringing in such big numbers across 50 different platforms he yeah. was streaming it to, you know?
1: I think that's why they won't, because DICE exists and GDC awards yes. exist and IGF and all that.
0: I mean, all in all, I think I had a great time, right? Like, it wasn't overly hyped. spill water on a laptop, but when you really look back on it, I love coming together with all my best friends watching this Game award show, seeing you know people get recognized for all their hard work, and then on the flip side, getting teased with some cool announcements. And yeah, yeah like you said, we're at the end of the console generation. We're not going to get anything mind-blowing, but we did get some cool ones, some slow ones, some other cool ones. But I think all in all, it was a fun show. Mm-hmm. It was a great three and a half hours. And I can't wait to do it again next
1: year. Yeah, I mean, I had a ton of fun just sitting here and talking over it. Yeah, like,
0: definitely. <laughs> that's all that matters. You know, one year, I'm going to go to it. I think that would mm-hmm. be a blast. You yeah, know, can su- Go down to L.A. and suit up and have a great time.
1: I'm, I'm really disappointed because I remember like, getting party invites. I'm like, I'm not going this year. So <laughs> I wish I could. like. Yeah.
0: Actually, you know what? We should make a New Year's resolution. Jeff Keighley, it's your boy Snowbike Mike, <laughs> and I just want to put one out there. I want to become the next presenter at the Game Awards. Give Woo! me best eSports host. Give me best eSports announcement. I'll take those awards, and I'll give them out on the red carpet, on the sideline, whatever you need. But I want to put it out there. Jeff Keeley, your boy Snowbike Mike, I want to become a Game Awards presenter. Let me know. Do it, Keely, you coward. <laughs> uh, let's get back to some of the announcements since we are getting close here. We saw a couple of cool ones. I want to touch on one that I was really interested in, and that was Godfall. Very big, flashy trailer. Mm-hmm. You touched on this one. It was actually the first and only one to show PlayStation 5, correct? The right. title branding? So this is from Gearbox and another developer, uh, Counterplay games, right? I looked them up
1: this morning. Yeah, they've and they're, only made a card game so far. Oh, okay. Like, so they're made up of veterans from a lot of big things. Like uh, some of them worked on Horizon. Some of them worked on like other AAA games. I'm forgetting right uh-huh. now. But like they, they're a fairly new studio. But in terms of their existing work as a studio it's only been a card game
0: it was a very flashy trailer And it was funny we talked about magic the gathering and all of these card game trailers or reveals or commercials are so flashy so imaginative and then this one wow did this speak to me it was loud it was bright it was cool yeah and then the idea of a slasher looter looter slasher i like that tagline
1: it's interesting because that's <laughs> I I know what they're going for, because they're trying to use the kind of Borderlands thing of like, hey, we're combining two things that are not, like, and making them into a more RPG-like experience. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, Looter Slasher's just Diablo. What do you... (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? <laughs> well, there was a
0: lot of them right there. Of course, Riot Games and Riot Forge announced two League of Legend games, the single player mm-hmm. games that are coming out. With one is all about the champion Echo, which will be exciting, and then the other one is Convergence and Ruined King is the other one. So those are exciting. Of course, if you have one, let me know. Big one for me, the Prologue, mm-hmm. a new player unknown game. I'm a big fan of PUBG. I've loved PUBG. I'm very excited. Brendan Green now, a chance to make his single-player game that he wants. Yeah. He wrote a, bi- a big one over here that I have about how he was excited to have the chance to make you know a moment here, single-player, not Battle Royale, and really leave a lasting impression after being on such a huge platform. What do you think we could really see? Because it looked almost like it was going to be a kickoff to another PUBG of, like, you're dropped in the woods. There's a gun over there. Go kill some AI bots. What do you think it's going to be?
1: So I don't know if you remember, but a couple of months ago, not even a couple of months ago, about a year ago, the head of Sledgehammer, he got promoted to head of game development within Activision, but then he left that to work for the PUBG Corp, because he's now heading up the... Uh, what do you call it? The single player player unknown prologue. Okay. So I think that's what this is—that they wanted to make a game that explains what the PUBG universe is. I don't think they needed to explain that, but if you're going to have someone do it, it makes sense to have the, someone who's made a bunch of Call of Duty games make that game.
0: I like it. Another exciting one—I know that you were pumped up on No More Heroes Three. Right. You even watched the extended trailer. Why don't you tell me about that one?
1: So I didn't rec- realize it because we were talking over it over the and it was a the shortened version of the trailer. But so they. Suda51 released a game earlier this year called Travis Strikes Again. And I don't want to spoil it because it was a game that came out this year, even though it was like January. But it seems, based on that trailer, it connects directly to from Travis Strikes Again to No More Heroes 3. The thing about Travis Strikes Again, and it seems like about No More Heroes 3, is that those two games are an extended metaphor for how pissed Suda51 is at EA about... Uh, should, oh God, I forgot the name of it. Uh, off the top of my head, but he made a game with EA that they changed a lot, and he did not like that. So okay. there, there are. If you've never played *Travis Strikes Again*, I don't want to ruin it. There are parts of that game that make that metaphor very clear, and to the point where the main villain is named Richie Ricciatello, <laughs> just based off the name of EA's present at the time. So he, they they seem to be continuing that storyline. I'm very interested in it because that like that alien design and like the concept of it, it's like now it's not no more heroes anymore, it's no more superheroes. So Travis is getting involved in a fight against like nine alien superheroes yeah. that he's going to kill. The trailer was sweet. The trailer was fucking awesome. We were
0: talking over like, what is this? This is crazy. And then when it had the splash, everybody was like, Oh, this is it, you know. So that was exciting. I liked it a lot. Yeah.
1: I encourage people to at least go read about Travis Rex Again and then go watch that trailer because it's super interesting from that perspective. Because Suda Fifty One has not directed a game in a long time, and it appears that the games he's directing now are just be like, "Oh, Shadows of the Damn, That's the word, that's the game I'm thinking of. Just him being super pissed about what happened with that game is just what he's doing now. I like it. It's not at all a subtle metaphor.
2: Uh, the beginning of that trailer gave me like weird Digimon vibes at first (laughs) where he's like, he has, he finds this little monster friend and and whatnot and he sends him to space and shit. I was like, all right, this is taking a turn. And then it like turns into no more heroes. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm fucking in. I, I haven't played them before. So, uh imran yeah. so do you do you think i need to catch up and get into the series uh, i would at least in? read
1: about them because okay. like it's uh, like they're cool stories yeah but i they are hard to play these days
2: they don't really hold up uh, yeah well gameplay wise i
1: mean like okay. i like them they're very they're very weird and strange and like some of the boss battles are like really intense but like mm-hmm. stuff between the boss battles not so much okay one thing i liked about that trailer that you mentioned of like you know he was was a kid de- like putting an alien creature in like Government's looking for him and are trying to put him in a rocket. Yeah. The creature's name was Foo. F U. The that is E T <laughs> plus one. It's F U. Uh, wow. Uh, that, is like that. Right?
2: that is so cool. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> Well, there were a lot
0: of announcements, a lot of cool reveals, a lot of trailers. We highly encourage you over here at Kind of Funny to go check out your favorite games media website. Go see all those trailers and reactions. We're running long here, so let's jump in to, of course, the Game Award winners. I've picked out five that I just want to briefly touch on. Mm -hmm. The biggest one, Game of the Year. You had Control, Death Stranding, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, and The Outer Worlds. And out of left field, a curveball. Sekiro Shadows died yeah. twice, one game of the
1: year. None of us, except Fran, managed to think of that one. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> it, it
0: was funny, Emron. I was driving down from Tahoe, talking with my friends, and we were going through the list, right? And I was like, man, I really enjoyed Sekiro, even though I'm awful at those games. But it never gets any love, right? Because they're so difficult. I feel like people, when it comes to these award shows, tend to you know, get away from those and be like, hey, let's pick something else. And they never get the love they deserve, like Bloodborne, right? Mm-hmm. And here we are out of left field, like I said, this one game of the year, that was pretty
1: cool. Yeah, I mean to some extent, I think, like, a bit of it is outlets going, hey, Bloodborne was really good, we did not give what it it's due. Let's try Sekiro. Let's play this game. There's so much conversation yeah. about it. And that ended up being what people voted for. I would bet that the margins on this vote were razor thin. Yeah. yeah. I bet a lot of them split the vote. I bet there most of these games are probably a lot higher than we think they are, and I bet that Sekiro... Go- we'll never know because like Keely doesn't publish those because yes. he I doesn't want to invite. If he
2: did though. That would be really really. I cool. think he
1: doesn't want to invite harassment to the outlets that do say it, mm. like what they vote on. That's fair.
2: But I, I, I don't even need, need to see like who voted what. But straight, I would love to see like graph, the percentage yeah. of like what what yeah. was close and whatnot. I would love you, to see that because Mike, you said it, it. Sekiro came out of left field. I feel like if any of these had won tonight, like it, it all would have been felt like it came out of left field because I think they were all. Um, really close with uh, with winning, you know, and I, I think that's really cool. It's a really strong year for those nominees, so I think, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm sur- like I'm legitimately surprised. Resident Evil Two did not win.
2: Yeah, it didn't. I, did it win anything last night?
1: No, it did Fuck. not. So one of the bigger snubs.
0: Well, well, how about that? We'll see. Maybe Resident <laughs> Evil 3 can pick it back up on that one. Yeah. Let's uh, keep it going. The best game direction, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, and the Outer Wilds. And the winner, Death Stranding, right. got picked for this one. What were some of your thoughts? We kind of talked about like the best game direction, almost like... Do we consider it a runner-up that, like, hey, this is your reward because you didn't win? Or is it tied to the director, Hideo Kojima, and the name and, like, him being so big? What do you think about game direction?
1: I mean, I think that's kind of it. Like, we talked yesterday. Like, in movies, that's kind of what best director is for. It's you didn't win best film, but here. Like, mm. here's a here's one because we know who you are and we wanted to give you an award. Kojima, I think, wins this uh, – and. By a vote, it is very obvious because he's the only director you can think of. Like, off the top of my head, I know Miyazaki directed Sekiro. I cannot think of who directed Control. I know people at Remedy. I can't think of the name. Resident Evil 2, I know the is not the director. Outer Wilds, I kind of, like, I think I know who that is. But, like, you tell me who, Strand- who directed Death Stranding. It's like, oh, it's Hideo Kojima. He made, like, a marketing campaign out of that, like, n- that fact.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about our final one for the 2019 Game Awards. Best independent game. This was a big one here. Uh, Baba is You, Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds, and Untitled Goose Game. Disco Elysium won. You talked about it. They won four awards here. Mm -hmm. I think they were the team that won the most awards throughout the night. Pretty big win for independent game?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Like, they... They went from, this is a game I had never heard of before it came out. And then people started talking about like, oh, this game is amazing. This might be one of the best games ever. Like, that's strange. Like, I'm looking at it. It seems fine. But then I actually play it. I was like, oh, this is actually like, this is legitimately a fantastic fucking game. To win best independent game and to come away as one of the most awarded teams and slash games at the entire show, that has to feel good for them. Also, we missed with a bingo last night. Because one of them was, like, getting political in an award speech. Mm-hmm. We did not hear them talk about how they thanked uh, Karl Marx and Engel <laughs> as philosophers. Because like, cause they're, they're kind of hardcore communists. Like, that's their thing. They're, old, like, old-world kind of Soviet developers. Uh, not really, but you know what I mean. And that was how, what they drove, or drove them to make this game and the way it works. It's like, there's a point in Disco Elysium where I'm just walking along cause I listen to someone talk about communism. Cause there's like a, a, plot point with like a strike and all that too. And then at some point my character just goes like, wait a second, am I a communist? And then it just like m- my, basically my id and my limbic system and my necktie, which represents like the lizard brain of the character, like start having a conversation of, am I, s- am I a communist or am I too lazy to be a communist? <laughs> and then like, I, I was like, yeah, I'm probably too lazy. It was like, are you sure? It's like, no, I think I could be a communist. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. We're going to destroy the proletariat. Like, it was an interesting thing. I was like, oh, I can totally see why that developer did like things that way.
0: I love it. Well, that is going to be all the Game Awards talk for you. We're going to end our new segment with, of course, 60 Seconds of Esports with Snowbike Mike. <laughs> Barrett, run the graphic. Oh, wait. Your boy Snowbike Mike forgot the graphic. That's my bad. That's my bad. Let's jump into it. Put the timer on. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Gen G won the PUBG Global Championship on November 24th in Oakland, California. And the PUBG Corpse plans to host four more global events under the banner PUBG Global Series. Epic Games announced a $15 million Fortnite Winter Royale duos event throughout the month of December. This story coming from the Esports Observer by Kevin Hitt. They're gonna be three Separate duos tournaments that will take place over three different weekends, each with $5 million up for grabs in the prize pool. Players from any rank and any servers will be eligible. Another Fortnite story that you need to know about the NFL P.A. partners with Twitch and Epic Games for Twitch Rivals Streamer Bowl series. This story from the Esports Observer by Kevin Hitt once again. Twitch and the NFL Players Association, NFL, P.A., and Epic Games have partnered with the Twitch Rivals Streamer Bowl, a three-part series with NFL players and Twitch streamers paired together in Fortnite competitions for charity. Streamers will draft players from a pool of NFL players. Each streamer has a partner, and they'll play a duos tournament for five hundred. k for a U.S. charity. Pretty cool. Awesome to know about. One more piece of eSports news that you need to know about. The NBA 2K League Season 3 Combine has now completed and draft eligibility emails will be going out next week. But first, we have an awesome event happening across the pond. That's right. Gfinity Arena in London, England will be host of the NBA 2K League European Invitational. This story from eSports Insider by Jono Nicholas. UK-based tournament organizer GFINITY has partnered with the NBA 2K League to host NBA 2K League European Invitational. The event will take place at the GFINITY Arena in London. The inaugural qualifying event will see 20 players from Belgium, France, Germany, Spain, Austria, Turkey, and the United Kingdom compete in an attempt to become eligible for the upcoming NBA 2K League Season 3 Draft Pool. Whole lot of fun. Make sure to check that out. Your winners for the Snowbike Mike Sunday Tournament Series Week 22 was Shaftesburg Colony taking it in a 2v2 gunfight in Call of Duty. Your best esports game for the 2019 Game Awards was League of Legends. Your best esports player for the 2019 Game Awards was Kyle Booga winning that Fortnite championship. That guy is a big time winner. And best esports team, G2 Esports for League of Legends. Whoo! Woo! Emron, I'm giving you all the eSports news <laughs> you need to know about. And I want to give you so much more, but I won't be back for some time. And I'm eager to play some more eSports games. So if I need to know where my latest eSports games are dropping, where would I go to check out my local mom and grop shops?
1: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday. Boop,
0: yeah. yeah. Here's some new dates for you on Friday, December 13th. Dead End Job will be releasing on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Weakless coming to Xbox One. Event Horizon Space Defense coming to your Nintendo Switch. Robo Zorro coming to PC. Backspace Boko. Boken, I don't know how to spell that one, BC, uh, PC and Mac, Lumberjack Simulator, PC. Somebody call up Gary Witt and tell him to get on this one. Uh, Geo Cells, Quad Cells, PC and Mac. I thought that said quesadilla. My apologies. <laughs> Night Shape 2, uh, Night swap. swap 2, PC and Mac. Hexon, PC and Mac. Hopes Farm, PC and Mac. And Biker Z, PC. Deals of the day for you. Wolf Among Us is currently free on the Epic Games Store, and also check out Best Buy as they seem to have a big time game award sale going on where you can buy a lot of games for really deep discounts. And Ron, let's jump into reader mail for your birthday. But before we can do that, of course, you can write in for your reader mail at Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games if you'd like to get the ad, the show ad free though. And speaking of ads, we got to talk about our awesome ads. These ads and show. Help is brought to you by Brook Linen. You guys know Brook Linen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend one third of your life in the sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? And this holiday season, it's time to gift those ones you love or yourself with something a little cozier like bedding, loungewear, towels and more and lucky for you, Brooklinen is celebrating their days of gifting with daily promotions on different items of home and internet's favorite sheets. Brooklinen's got you 50,000 plus 5 star reviews and counting. Greg uses Brooklinen sheets and he loves them. They're easy to order and match with your awesome bedroom aesthetic. Brooklinen was the first DTC bedding company, meaning they were Directly with manufacturers and directly with cons- uh, customers, no middleman. Just a great product and service. They've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom, like towels, shower curtains, and bath mats, and even launched ultra-soft loungewear that makes you feel like you've never left bed. And this holiday season, it's likely your mission to make you and your loved ones comfortable as well. So why not give the gift of softness and give the gift of Brook Linen luxury sheets, robes, loungewear, towels and more, all luxury products without the luxury markup. Like softness, comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Right now, Brooklinen.com is having their Days of Gifting where each day they have promotions on different surprise items. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get access to Brooklinen's Days of Gifting event and free shipping is to go to Brooklinen.com. That's B R O O K L I N E N dot com. And if you're just hearing this, and oh, one second. And if you're just hearing this after the holiday season, you can still use the promo code games at brooklinen.com to save 10% off and free shipping anytime. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Now let's move on to our next sponsor, Quip. We all love Quip here at Kind of Funny Studios. The holiday ship- shopping season is here, and this year you can get you can gift And your gift can start next year's good habit with Quip. Quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everyone's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day. That's why Quip is perfect throughout a thoughtful and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste all all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. The Quip electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations and a timer with 30-second pulses to guide your routine, and the Quip floss dispenser has made pre-marked strings so you always use the right amount. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every 3 months. Join over 3 million happy customers and check everyone off your gift list right now with Quip. Just go to getquip.com/games to save on gift sets and to Get your first refill pack free with the refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip.com/games. slash games And our final sponsor for your Friday show, Manscaped. Support for Kind of Funny Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who is the best men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle bells to the walls, fella. Listen up. Untrimped pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. That's right. Tim and Greg's balls look great. That's why the this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has propriety-advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you... As you're using on your balls, that's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. The product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking and these products smell good they may, they're mainly scent is attractive. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped Boxer Briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season to Manscaped so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the codes games at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Wow. wow, that was a great
1: ad read, Emraan. I'm feeling great. <laughs> do you need
0: a breath? Do you need some water for a while? <laughs> <laughs> I need a moment. So why don't you give me some reader news, a reader mail?
1: All right. Quick Jab has read in, written in and said, "Now that you were able to sleep on it, what did you think of TGA 2019? What would you like to see change for TGA 2020? Also, do you think we're ever we will we're ever see the behind the scenes statistics on the votes? I, for one, would love to see how close the going vote was. P.S. Everyone needs to play second row, even if you're not a DS fan. It's worth the experience."
0: Play Sekiro for sure. And that's (laughs) coming from somebody who sucks at Sekiro play it for sure. Yeah. Uh, Emron, I talked about it before. I loved the show. I'm a big fan of the pageantry. I'm a big fan of gathering all your friends together, celebrating the hard work of others, celebrating the games that you know and love. And I truly thought it was a great show. It was a good show for me. Uh, Of course, it didn't have the big announcements that we all wanted, but the Xbox Series X reveal for me was huge. I loved a lot of the middle games from PUBG Corpse, the Shark Eater game that I'm really excited for on PC. I thought, all in all, it was a great show, and I was hyped about it, and I can't wait for next
1: year. What would you change next year?
0: Mike Howard as a presenter. (laughs) Really, I wouldn't change anything. I would probably look at different musical acts. You Mm -hmm. know, for me, Green Day wasn't hitting it. Um, Run the Jewels, I know a lot of people like, that's not for me. I'm looking for Drake. Okay, I need like a Drake. I need a Snoop Dogg. I need something big for me to pump up. Lady Gaga. Something like that.
2: Lady mm. Gaga. Uh, Gaga. Um, but I, I did think the opening was really cool with uh, that was Churches, right? Right. Chur- churches, churches was the
0: best one. The Cyberpunk one, I couldn't hear what she was saying. Yeah, but that was the a background weird one. was so cool that I, like, I was into it. Yeah. Maybe that was her goal.
1: Yeah, aesthetically, it was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Just, I, yeah, I, I could have dealt without Elon Musk like, standing up after that. Like,. <laughs> Well I mean, yeah, I think they need to cut the awards in half, like not the timing, just the number of awards these there's if you can't do them all with enough aplomb that like it's a big deal, then don't do them all, yeah, like cut it like best we, fighting game, why is that a pre show award
2: we don't need best family game, you know,
1: yeah, that's just that best family game feels like we needed to put nintendo somewhere yeah and it just know the awards need to function around that games like nintendo games like luigi's mansion can be in other categories
0: definitely I think the final part there before we end that reader mail is seeing the results. Right, Bear talked about it. You talked about it. Like we don't want to send hate towards people or give them an unjust due. But I would, I would say, I don't need to see the results. But I would love to see if they really want to move to that point. Just a just small graph. Hey, 58 percent did this. 52 percent did this. You know, and break down the numbers. You know, I don't need to see you know, Emron Khan from whatever he voted for this. And then everybody's got to go send you hate. I don't want that.
1: Right. Yeah. Statistics would be great. They absolutely should do that. Cause I would love to see, cause this is one of those years where it's not just going to be like 60% or like 40% God of War, 40% Red Dead Redemption and like some small split between the rest. Yeah. This is, I think I would love to see this one. Cause I bet it's razor thin.
0: Be exciting. I think that might be the next move you might see next year. Yeah. I bet you he takes that in and probably does that.
1: That makes sense. I think the other two questions are stuff we've mostly talked about, because they're both Game Award-related ones, okay. so we've talked about this here. So why don't we check your are wrong? Uh, by the way, if you were using your wrong to be mean, fuck off. Like, fuck off into space. I'm not, like, I read it, I don't think, care about it, and I'm like, all right, I deleted it.
0: Don't be negative. Yeah. Be hype. Be we're, happy. We're
1: best friends here, but if you're going to be an asshole, then we don't want you. All right, uh, let's see. Hellblade was out December 18, 2018, so not recently, but like, but around when they bought Ninja Theory. Uh, there was a Fast and Furious game for 360 uh, based, uh, based on Horizons 2. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm reading two different ones. There was a DLC for Fa- Her- Forza Horizon 2 that featured the airplane chase, but okay. it was also a 360 game. Uh, let's see. You forgot there's a Capcom Cup this weekend.
0: Oh, oh, cool. I, I love when people write in with more eSports. Please, help me out. I only get 60 seconds up there. Greg Miller doesn't let me go any over. <laughs> so give me all your eSports.
1: Uh, An Xbox One X is not actually cool liquid cooling. It has like a vapor chamber cooling cool. system. So it's still like different than just fans, but I, yeah, I imagine they could do something similar with the Xbox Series X. Okay.
2: So Microsoft is pro-vaping?
1: They're pro-vaping. Gotcha. <laughs> they do not listen to those punks. <laughs> All right, I think that's
0: it. All right, well, let's talk about next week's host. For Monday, you will have Greg and Matt Kramer from Sanzaru. Tuesday, Greg and Emron. Wednesday, Greg and Gary Witta. Thursday, Greg and Victor Lucas from Electric Playground. And on Friday, Greg and Fran, please mark this down, an 11 a.m. show. Please be remembering that. Of course, this has been your boy Snowbike Mike, the birthday guy himself, Emron Khan. Thank you for a great kind of funny games daily. Happy Mm -hmm. birthday as well to the blind gamer Steve. Gotta give him some love, fellow kind of best friend. And Emron, thank you so much for an incredible show. Thank you. Awesome. Happy holidays, everybody.